This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip electric toothbrushes sent to your home with brush head refills every three months. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you will get your first brush head refill free. That is tryquip.com slash thumbs. You have really become the like, do you ever listen to baseball games on the radio? I don't. The, like sports announcers on the radio, they have to read. That's one of the few places where I hear announcers read mm-hmm. native advertising. Uh, but those guys do oh, it. Yeah. It's like the same sponsor every time. And your quip that is getting the cadence of those. Oh, really? Like, mm-hmm. Brought to you by the sports leader. <laughs> it's just like every right. time that this just like wherever the fuck. I wonder just, if like, it's for the same reason, which is just. You just say you it just so much that it becomes it so its own that, little workshop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The words themselves are are known so deeply that the only sort of creative act yep. that remains is the emphasis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I'm sure it's the same. I wonder if that is itself the sort of long-term creation of newscaster speak. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Boredom. It all started with a quips ad. Yeah. I love it, but I'm not loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> God. What was that, like, ad executive? Who was that? <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, but I'm not loving not it. loving it. Are we loving it? <laughs> Say it back. Why aren't, you, why aren't you saying I'm loving it? I said I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Aren't you loving it? Aren't you it? loving it? Uh, I, I love it. I mean, I love it. I love I lo- it. I love it. Look, I love it. <laughs> All right? I said it. I said, you didn't say you it. You didn't say it. <laughs> Are you loving it? <sighs> oh. No. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm hating it. Uh, no, it's look, uh, it's look, McDonald's. Let me be honest. <laughs> let me be honest with you. I love it, but I'm hating it. But I'm <laughs> <laughs> it's what we call a compliment sandwich. I love it, but I'm hating it. But I love. That's but a I love compliment it. sandwich. Put that on down. the menu. <laughs> It's March 23rd, 2018. And this is Important If True. Whoa, for Idle Thumbs, <laughs> I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. That was boisterous. It was, yeah. I would describe well, I, it as boisterous. I had two weeks to save up energy. I had to get I mean, I mean, I didn't. What am I saying? <laughs> you had like six <laughs> weeks. Is this even the real Nick? I don't know. Yeah, who does? I barely even <laughs> know. This, this new Nick uh, is full of boister, which is not mm-hmm. the usual m- method for Nick Brecken. True. Yeah, I think we are definitely at the point where listeners to this show cannot tell if Nick is yeah. real or not. They definitely cannot tell because actually, <clears throat> as far as I'm able to discern, the considerable majority of listeners to this podcast actually I think are under the impression Nick that you dubbed yourself over last week's podcast Mm, mm -hmm. whereas in reality your presence on last week's podcast was a genuine (laughs) was present in the room Uh, no was created by clipping out bits from your destroyed robot recording yeah, from the corrupted mm. a few weeks beforehand. So mm-hmm. I just went through and just clipped a bunch of the little bits out opportunities. What does that, what does that say about me that, that there's so little difference between <laughs> <laughs> between what I say that you can just sub out anything I say into any episode? It's just, uh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. 
Well, it's something to reflect that on. That clip sure. was from Important If True 23. <laughs> <laughs> that was from Important If True 15. Nick's existential crisis. Yeah. It's a classic moment. Long-time listeners will remember. New, God, all I could think of was new listeners listening to last week's episode as an, as their entree into the show. I mean, I, I, I assume most of the, as with anything, most of the listeners were repeat listeners, but surely there are some people who got the podcast recommended to them or stumbled upon it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was their opening episode, which starts with a recording of you that was actually recorded for that episode saying, hi, I'm Nick Brecken. I'm not on this episode in my traditional form. <laughs> and then all this shit happens. And they're like, yeah, what is that? That Any little, that little nugget of original content was all it took though, to plant the seed that this Nick could potentially be authentic. Yep. Also, um, Oh, are you, are you suggesting that we have an email related to this? Yeah, we have a yeah. very related email. Right. I mean, Nick, I would say that Nick could basically, we've proven that Nick could stay on this podcast forever. Yeah, that's uh, true. And I don't even, Nick, yeah. I don't even know how much new content we need, to be honest. So, yeah. uh, mm. I mean, your contract's coming up. Oh, okay, uh, cool. Mu- <laughs> <much> <laughs> no, like, bye. Yeah, Nick. <laughs> no. <laughs> bye. <laughs> much like Twista's endless w- wine note wrapping, Nick Brecken could just be remixed mm. ad infinitum <laughs> to sustain this podcast long after death. On that note, we have an email from Josh who writes, Hey, Chris, Jake, and Tim Horton. I recently read an article about how digital face-scanning technologies. Sorry, Nick. Eh. <laughs> That's fine. A representative of a digital face-scanning firm noted how many young actors were regularly having their faces scanned and stored in a database. In the future... These scans could be used to make de-aged CGI versions of these actors in television and film. It's a neat concept for young actors to future-proof their careers by scanning their faces regularly as they age. But the article also posited a dark side. The rep discussed how the technology could be used in licensing deals for (laughs) brands that extend beyond death. Instead of George Clooney signing a 10-year deal with Nespresso, he could sign a 100-year deal. When he dies, they'd simply use the version of him created from stored facial scans. In this way, actors and celebrities and other notable figures could create new content far past their own deaths. Their estates could own their likeness rights and sell them to brands after they die. If you're a musician, your hologram could perform shows for decades after you die. If you're a professor, you could give lectures and talks from beyond the grave. If an actor signs a 10-season deal with Netflix, they don't need to be recast if they die during season six. This would be a good way for the famous to keep generating revenue for their children and grandchildren after their deaths. Maybe in the future, the mega famous don't ever really die. Maybe from the day you are born through your entire life, George Clooney will always have been there, never changing, never aging, starring in a brand new coffee ad every year. Maybe our future is of 200-foot-tall Blade Runner holographic long-dead YouTubers looming over us, asking us to like and subscribe. Maybe, Josh. <laughs> maybe uh, I, would, I would. I would take that maybe and throw upgrade. it away. And yeah. Say, yeah, I, would, I, would, I don't I would know if we need to upgrade maybe it. There. Let's just boost that maybe. No if you know. Mark. Mm-hmm. Let's pump up that maybe a little bit. <laughs> the <laughs> Hollywood young Hollywood stars are getting their face scanned once a year. Sounds like a newsreel to me. Where it's like, yeah, tell yeah. us how you, you look so young. Well, I get my face scanned at least once a year. <laughs> <laughs> And Peter Thiel drinks my blood. (laughs) (laughs) I call it, that's my regimen. Yeah. Peter Peter Thiel drinks my blood. (laughs) That's that. And stole my face. (laughs) So I'm aging rapidly. Good thing I scanned my face in. Well, it's actually, you could could fast track the whole process. You you go in for your face scan, scan your face at your current age. Peter Thiel drinks your blood, maintains his own age. You age 
faster, a la the portrait of Dorian Gray, you can then get your next year age face scan even faster. You can rapidly go through the entire aging process with according face scans and really quickly speed up that licensing your whole life. Rake in that sweet all ages licensed CG face scan rights deal. What I was <laughs> and then Peter Thiel, like has at this point, has become like twenty three. So right, he only needed to get his face scanned wins. once because he's yeah. drinking the blood of teens. Yep. I was thinking about how George Clooney has managed to age incredibly gracefully. Well. Well, think about this though. What if he continues to age gracefully and like super old ass George Clooney is still like cool looking, <laughs> yeah. but he's like the old version of it. But then, oh, I thought you were going to say just like one year, you know, decades from now, ancient George Clooney steps out from behind you know, the curtain. Well, what I was thinking about is, yeah, behold, <laughs> behold what you have wrought. No, 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 no. I was going to say, what if George Clooney just continues to be a good looking guy at all ages, mm-hmm. but that becomes like his defining trait. So then he dies and they use his CG scan, but they couple it with like someone who has gone missing for decades. Like computers predict that this is what this kid would look like if they were 25. So look for that. But if George Clooney is selling coffee in like 2070 or whatever and they're yeah. like this is what George Clooney would look like if he was still alive 155 years old <laughs> still looking good though like if they just keep right. aging the CG oh, George wow. Clooney oh, yeah. oh weird huh. so they just basically like the skeleton from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is right. uh, talking with a synthesized George Clooney voice but you're like still kind of like oh yeah it's really yeah, still yeah, holding wow, together really yeah, like really. Silver Fox <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know why that was a thing that I thought By of. By which I mean his skull has been gilded in silver. <laughs> George Clooney's chrome skull. <laughs> That's actually where the Terminators come from. That's why they all have these like perfectly shaped human-looking skulls. Mm. Those are just the Clooney's, the far future Clooney's who have been, you know, like ship An of army Theseus of gilded into... Clooney's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stomping. <laughs> if you want to know the, the picture of the future... Just imagine an army of gilded Clooney's stamping on a human face forever. <laughs> I mean, you know, or don't imagine it. Just wait for the just, just wait, wait for the movie. Yeah. Imagine, wait for the Nespresso commercial. <laughs> imagine, yeah, it's it's a picture of <laughs> the gilded Clooney. A, a gilded Clooney stamping on a human face forever while slightly out of focus in the background, a four million foot high PewDiePie just <laughs> smirks like at you. Like and subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! I'm scared. <laughs> what is that? The thing? How the huge ones have to be really slow. Really slow. They're yeah. huge. They have to be really slow. And they say their trademark phrase: "I'm scared." <laughs> He's just, his whole deal is just to perpetually fucking flip out at the army of gilded coins <laughs> terrorizing. Can humanity. you believe this? <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I had some totally different direction to go with this. And I I'm pretty sure this was the only possible direction, Chris. Clearly. <laughs> what, were you, what were you thinking about when you read this email? About what absurd garbage. Well, I line. was thinking about something way less outrageous, um, which is like, I saw something. I don't know if you guys saw the news about millennials recently. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Have you seen the news about millennials lately? Uh, Chris, <laughs> yes. I assure you <laughs> I that I've, I've heard the news about millennials. <laughs> Have you heard the good news? 
about millennials. I don't think there's um, any good news about millennials. And well, there's only bad news about them. Well, there is. I will be curious to hear, Jake, if you consider this good news or bad news because it directly pertains to you. Uh, the Pew Research Center. Oh, I'm not one. Yeah, Jake has been kicked out of millennials mm. for 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 years. Jake has been. I feel my, like a millennial cusper. Yeah, Jake has been my prototypical millennial cusper. The the <laughs> the person who who born in 1980 falls right on mm. the border of Gen X and millennial and Jake is like the perfect expression of the blend between those generations. But now At least I'm a perfect expression of something. But yeah, not anymore. <laughs> you have been kicked out of the millennials. You are now a Gen Xer. This podcast is now Two millennials and a Gen Xer. That's our new name. Which should have yeah, been the name of the podcast. <laughs> Fucking kill me. Good Lord. Kill me and scan my face. <laughs> scan my face, then kill me. Sorry. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> so I can live forever. I mean... Replace I, me with a recording of Nick Brecken, but with my face. <laughs> yeah, we'll all die. We'll all realize that there was plenty of sampling of all versions of Nick Brecken's voice and all sort of human-to-robot spectrum. Yeah. Not enough of ours. So eventually, all three of our likenesses will continue to Just create the YouTube version of the podcast. Replace us with three holograms all voiced of, by Nick Brecken. Replace us with three holograms of PewDiePie so our kids can be fucking rich. <laughs> God, a three... I'm seeing double three PewDiePie... <laughs> Uh, nothing. <laughs> a three PewDiePie podcast? Do they yeah. all just get increasingly freaked out? They're all just scared by each other? Oh, yeah. oh no, Lord. what? <laughs> I'd rate this one a three PewDiePie-der. <laughs> three PewDiePie-der. Gross, I hate that. Anyway, uh, so I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about Jake, former millennial cusper, ex-millennial cusper, um, and the sort of just the notion of, of generations and how one of the you know challenges for the millennial generation and honestly to some degree gen x has been that you know the baby boomers were so numerous and then also because of um medical advancements and things like that are living a lot longer so they're hoarding so much more of just wealth and and power in society you know d- disproportionately as they've been allowed to like maintain so much of yeah, that control. I feel like Gen X complained about that, but millennials were actually hit by it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For, yeah. Well, I, mean, More, I think that's probably true. Yeah. Um, but anyway, then I was reading the story and I'm like, holy fucking shit. Is this just the ultimate triumph of the, is this like the last like grip that the baby boomers have on li- <laughs> like, will all of the baby boomer celebrities, all of the gracefully aging old baby boomer celebrities in the future continue to also just hoard all of the like mega famous where you're just like god how many more oscars can meryl streep fucking win right or whatever like i mean is is tom hanks tom hanks is just going to be america's dad forever Mm. who's sometimes a serious dad and sometimes a wacky dad but he's definitely a liked dad and the Mm -hmm. version of it with the um the version of it with the like age um sort of strata that have been preserved you could start like rubber banding the age of these celebrities in every different era to match the taste of that. I really preferred like a young eighties Tom Hanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how just sort of That's social this generation's Tom Hanks. The, the, po- the or whatever, the post generation Z, like post millennial, post whatever, <laughs> like in thirty years, like man, those kids are really responding to like to young Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh when cause you know To the Nickelodeon show Young Tom Hanks. Starring Young Tom Hanks, Star- yeah. Starring actually Young Tom Hanks, yeah. Yeah. You could probably even for the even. I mean, for like the... because Big got pushed into all of their dreams uh, a couple times, sort of by mistake, and then now they really <laughs> oh, have an you affinity. Mean, like, the actual like Inception, the yeah, 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 yeah just yeah. for the people who didn't pay to turn that off. 
Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, and now they just want more young Tom, H- Tom Hanks content. I wonder if you could like use Tom Hanks because Tom Hanks also has Tom Hanks celebrity used, progeny. Chris, he's his own man. <laughs> well, I wonder if now. I wonder if his son could be used. Oh, he could puppeteer to... Tom Hanks for sure. Oh yeah, okay. Mm. He, could be the, he could be the Tom Hanks face target. God, because Tom Hanks also <laughs> now he's... casting for Tom Hanks face targets. We don't care what you actually look like, but is your bone and muscular structure <laughs> and the correct right? Does your smile? Could shape you inhabit like his? a Tom Hanks virtual rig? Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, that's also piloted in like a <laughs> like Pacific. Pacific Rim? Pacific, yeah, Pacific Rim. Like It takes two people to like pair up to pile the Tom Hanks. Yeah, you actually need both Colin Hanks, Tom Hanks' son, and whoever Tom Hanks' brother is, who also, I don't know if you guys know this, but Tom Hanks' brother does all of the Tom Hanks voice work for the projects that are like too boring for Tom Hanks to do. So like all the Toy Story mm-hmm. video games that yeah. are like... Yeah. Tom Hanks doesn't give a shit about his brother. Actually, is the Tom That's Hanks. That's why this in gets increasingly games. complicated because a generation from now you're going to need two guys to control Tom Hanks's brother's contribution and two guys to control <laughs> Colin Hanks. So there's going to be this like it's eventually going to be like a NASA control center of yeah. dudes uh, all just like at, so as each of them dies, yeah, taking to the grave with them a lifetime of expertise. Oh God, they yeah. each a NASA control center that just just to make him say Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> again, 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 just to, yeah, just to, then the remake in in the remake <laughs> Apollo, yeah, <laughs> it's the, the Apollo verse, but it definitely has that classic line that all of the like <laughs> that all of the sort of uploaded right, brains yeah. who actually saw the film in theaters in 1995 or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, flip their shit over. This yeah. is like Martin Shkreli's like uploaded consciousness. Well, Martin Shkreli himself is like long dead in the ground. Martin Shkreli's like consciousness internet brain is still enjoying all of the fruits of the Clooney verse, like the Hanks verse. God, that's also, so you've got, God, and then the ultimate battle is between the infinite gilded Cloonies, the like army of marching gilded Cloonies, and the like mega robot piloted by the NASA control center. The Pacific Rim virtual Hanks? Yeah, yeah. And then an audience of like 200 PewDiePies going like, whoa, 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 look (laughs) out, I'm scared. Amazing. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, the re- the rest of humanity is no, just nobody's actually alive. It's just it's just <laughs> <laughs> alive to see it's just it's just a, it's like a program that's just running. It's just, just like yeah, somewhere in just Florida bullshit. Yep. Oh god. <laughs> just off in Florida during a hurricane when the rest of like because of just climate change has fucked everything. This is the last sort of gasp yeah. of what humanity has created. Sort of yeah. this like. <laughs> Meanwhile, deep in his Silicon Valley bunker. A now twelve-year-old Peter Thiel just <laughs> like sits in his chair with Martin Shkreli's brain in a jar yeah. next to him, stroking yes, I've it softly, it. saying, like, "One day our time will come. Good. <laughs> One day we will emerge, <laughs> see the sun again. It'll be entertaining to watch. Yeah, <laughs> for him, for Peter Thiel. Yeah, last human being. Yeah, last surviving Netflix subscriber." <laughs> <laughs> God, I had so many. I, I had such a different initial reaction to this licensing. You're like this. Fortunately, it went the direction it probably should have gone the whole time, and will only inevitably go. In I feel the future. like you tried to get into it with the Tom Hanks thing, and then it also immediately just was flushed down the drain. Yeah, I, I don't even remember where I was going to go with it. Who cares? It doesn't <laughs> matter. We're all fucking doomed. Um, we have an email from Katie, who is uh, I going to t- also take us back. I think to the '90s, but in a way that presumably has nothing to do with what we just said. Let's find out. 
Uh, Katie writes, I've been re-listening to the podcast and I just reached episode 19, Pearls Before Slime. Disgust is the renewal of children's interest in slime, a substance Nickelodeon made popular in the 90s with game shows Figure It Out, Wild and Crazy Kids, and Double Dare, in which contestants had said slime dumped on them for various reasons. You also mentioned Gak, slime's orange counterpart that seems to have been forgotten over the years. Not by us, Katie. You may find it interesting to know that slime and Gak, unlike today's glue and ant poison slime, were edible and actually delicious. In the late 90s, my parents took my older brother and me, I was about six, he ate, to the Universal Studios theme park in Florida. At the time, they still filmed the Nickelodeon game shows on premises and offered tours of the sets. On the tour, they show you slime and gack samples, which they offer for tasting. Most of the kids were not interested for obvious reasons, but I and a few others were more adventurous. Turns out slime was simply applesauce, green food coloring, and flour. Gack was orange-colored vanilla pudding. After sampling, we were told in hushed tones, this was the studio's most treasured secret. <laughs> After returning home to New Jersey, I immediately told all my friends, and now I'm telling you. Whoops. I've done more research on this and found Slime made its first appearance on the 80s show, You Can't Do That on Television. It was originally made of green latex paint and other toxic stuff, but after the prop masters learned it would be used on children, changed to green jello and flour. Apparently the formula has changed many times, so I can't guarantee it would be the same today. Do they even still use that stuff on Nickelodeon? But it leaves me wondering, how could Nickelodeon's changing need for large quantities of different edible substances have affected the food market and merchants of the time? Is there a trend of severe shortages of applesauce and pudding in the greater Orlando Orlando area during the late 90s? Would it be possible to determine the ingredients and used throughout the years by looking for trends like this? Help me, important if crew, you are my only hope. Anyway, seriously love the cast. Keep up the amazing content and stay spicy. I guess I will say, as this podcast's resident Generation X host, yeah. You Can't Do That on Television is very obviously and unsurprisingly the origin of slime. <laughs> <laughs> that was also delivered in the most Gen X I'm, fucking possible way. I'm going to go uh, for this Unsurprisingly, now. I think you'll find <laughs> classic uh, cult 80s Nickelodeon television program, You Don't Know That on Television, was Clearly, clearly the origin <laughs> yeah. of slime. Get ready for this shit, Chris. It's the new me. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to grow into it. Ugh. You're, you're going to reconnect with your ancestral roots. <laughs> <laughs> your birthright. My, my birthright, an aloof douche. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I also remembered that. I know. Because I think we mentioned it, actually. We've talked about it a lot of times. On a different podcast. I think that slime still lives on, but only in the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. I don't think it's really a part of Nickelodeon's TV culture anymore. It's still kind of part of their branding, though, right? It is, yeah. But like, there were so many... You can't do that on television. I think if you said if you said, I don't know, in a sketch, you would get dumped with slime. And if you said Mm. water, you get dumped with water. And then that show was sort of the cultural breakout for original-ass Nickelodeon. And then... Double Dare and all those other like game shows and just weird kids will do gross things shows kind of birthed out of that to the point that Nickelodeon was just doused in Slime. disgusting shit for yeah. a decade. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It is, it is. I mean, it definitely deeply penetrated their DNA for sure. Um, this isn't related to anything, but the the notion that the the game shows were filmed on premises at Universal Studios Florida, I remember that from all of the sort of Nickelodeon bumpers yeah. that you'd see after the shows. They yeah. don't have like a stylized sort of illustrated yep. kind of little clip of mm-hmm. their building and it was like filmed on location or whatever they said. And God, I always thought that must have been the coolest 
thing. There are oral histories of there's an oral history of the production of Double Dare, which was the Nickelodeon like the big sort of central game show that was the the sort of yeah. tentpole of all of this. And apparently that soundstage was the most fucking disgusting place <laughs> in the entire world. It was just like we could not get it clean. Oh no! Because like the floors had to be like a, a material oh, that was slick slimed. enough that you could clean it, but yeah. like not so slick that people would just fall Ooh, over and die. Like, like just the, oh, they're no. like the corners of everywhere in that studio were just <laughs> the nastiest shit. Oh, it just smelled no. like all of the things that were just listed in this food that was just <laughs> left around under studio <laughs> no. lights all the time. God, I never thought about that. Oh. That is horrific. Yeah, you're, it's, it's a good thing your TV can't emit smell. Yeah, or d- depict high enough resolution at the time. Yeah, to all, all Double Dare behind-the-scenes facts are apparently just vile. Oh, or weird, like, gack, as Nick and I, I think, both learned by reading up on gack briefly, <laughs> was named that by the production crew because it was a street slang term for heroin. Yeah. And, what? And then yeah. they were completely <laughs> baffled and thought it was the funniest thing ever when Nickelodeon packaged that term up and started selling it to kids. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really good. <laughs> Nikki, you had some you had some double dare uh, double dare quotes from the source about about what what's inside of these things. I think. Oh well, yeah. I mean, Mark Summers, uh, the just, host of he, Double Dare. Yeah, he well, he confirmed he confirmed the our, our emailer's account that it's it's vanilla. Oh pudding. really? Yeah, applesauce, vanilla pudding, et cetera, et cetera. Oh wow, yeah, Jake oatmeal. was so dubious. <clears throat> yeah, no. Well, okay. So here here's the thing that I that I think is interesting and slightly disingenuous. About about Katie's story. Jesus Christ! No, dude. sorry, not 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 what Katie was told. I think that I think that Katie was told disingenuous things uh-huh. by the Nickelodeon studio tour uh. people because saying, "Oh yeah, it's applesauce and pudding, and you can eat it and stuff." I 100 <laughs> percent believe that that is true for what is dumped on the kids and you can't do oh, on television, the actual and studio? what's dumped on the yeah. people in Double Dare and whatever else. But there is no way that if you went to like a KB toy store. Uh, and bought a little tub of gack that it should be eaten. That's the word. It's like, oh, we all went home and told our friends you can eat it. And, right. and I like, right. so I looked up the, the gack line of toys. Yeah. So first there was Nickelodeon slime, which was just like you could just buy just a bottle of goop. And then they introduced a thing called gack. Uh, Wikipedia says it was marketed uh, on the fact that unlike most of the compounds, it made a, quote, fart noise when squeezed (laughs) into its clear star-shaped container. Uh, But, so, the thing that that kids were being told by the Nickelodeon production crew were edible include, so Gak went crazy for a minute. It was like a kid, uh, just a wacky kid fad. Did did either of them bounce if you formed them into a ball? I'm not sure, like Silly Putty? Um, yeah, I don't oh, know. I guess I'm just thinking of so. I think I don't think Gak bounces. Gak farts, Chris. That's its unique gift. That's true. Sorry, but I'm so, like the other compounds. So Gak, like every other children's craze that started any time like after the '70s, instantly spun off a million spinoffs. And uh, just think about the chemical properties of these things, and then think about a person telling kids that visit Nickelodeon Studios, you can eat it. Yeah. Gak in the dark, the second kind of gak that glows in the dark after exposure to light. Solar gak, the kind of gak that changes color when exposed to sunlight. Smell my gak, the fourth version that was scented, including pickles, flowers, vanilla ice cream, buttered popcorn, pepperoni pizza. I hate that I know that to make something smell like food, it has to become less like food. Gak's alive, a dark black colored gak that was filled with magnetic particles or iron filings. (laughs) (laughs) You can eat it. It's just applesauce. (laughs) Magnetize yourself, kids. Yeah. (laughs) Inoculate yourself against the gilded Clooney future. (laughs) 
Anyway, I, I don't think you can get past the one that literally has metal inside of it for eating. <laughs> hopefully Katie didn't consume too much commercially available gack. Yeah, you don't eat those ones. Or hopefully she ate mainly the iron filings kind yeah. and is now- and it very strong. Like next yeah, on, yeah is, is on the road to uh, hum- the next evolution of humanity. Ah. Uh. Flomies are little bugs and animals that you can make with the Flomies kit. I'm referring, of course, to Floam, the successor to Gak. Oh, Floam. Floam. I kind of remember that vaguely. I feel like Floam Floam might get past me. Floam might be a millennial only. That was definitely when I was on my way out of Nickelodeon. Um, I don't remember any of the details. I don't have any like emotional memories around Flom. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't but you definitely slime. remember that time that you ate all that gack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all that shit was like was fucking tasty. It's ridiculous. Like, did you taste gack? Well, I don't remember, but I do remember. Like, I mean, I you know, Play-Doh was like salty. <laughs> yeah, Play-Doh. And so Play-Doh's you know, delicious. kids love to eat Play-Doh. Like all that. Why, God? Anyway, um, hopefully, I too am somehow a superior human. In t- inside now, I've sal- salinated myself via <laughs> Play-Doh, which also was like you would make pasta dishes out of it and shit. They had like all kinds yeah, of yeah, little Play-Doh food factory. That would, like, make food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is, man, there must just be something deep in kids that just loves edible things. I mean, I guess human beings love edible things. We need them to survive. Uh, but these will do the opposite of help you survive when ingested, I suspect. <laughs> anyway, what a fascinating thing Nickelodeon created. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, okay, well, so let's take a break. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Think about it. I love that arm on that space station. We have a shout out. Nice. I love yep. shout outs. Oh, mm. sorry. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, <laughs> my God. What? <laughs> this shout-out comes from Alex, who says, Hi, guys. My shout-out is to Josh, one of my best friends. It <laughs> sounded like a weird, my shout-out is to my Josh. My shout-out is to Josh, <laughs> one of my best friends and one of the sweetest and smartest people I know. If only for recommending the flagship Idle Thumbs podcast to me a number of years ago and inadvertently introducing me... Too Important If True, Idle Weekend, The Idle Book Club, Twin Peaks Rewatch, The End of Mad Men, True Detective Weekly, Designer Notes, and Something True. This shout-out owns. This shout-out yeah. is also just an ad it's for our shows. It's a covert ad. <laughs> Josh is getting married in September, and I wish him and his fiance Sophie all the best for the future. I'd also like to take this opportunity to say that Idle Thumbs and Important If True episode descriptions are some of the most delightful and entertaining pieces of writing anywhere. So thank you for them and everything else you guys do. Warmest regards, Alex. Thanks, Alex, for that awesome shout-out that included shouting us out along <laughs> yeah, with your friend Josh. We got yeah. shouted out way more than Josh. Yeah, sorry, Eat Josh. It, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Dunked. Slimed. <laughs> Slimed. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> You got slimed. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Alex. God. Yeah. Thank you, Josh, for being just seemingly a good person. And thank you, Alex, uh, for acknowledging Josh's quality, but more importantly, for telling us that we're great. Also, congrats, Josh, on your upcoming wedding. Yeah, congrats. Congrats, Josh. And congrats, and us, for someone else paying to advertise our shows on our show. Gotcha. If you would like to uh, put a shout out on this podcast, uh, whether to pump up yourself, a friend, or us, uh, you can do so by going to store.idlethumbs.net. Go to the shout outs. All the details are there. Once again, thanks, Alex. Congrats. 
Josh, and Sophie. I can't stop thinking about the world in which every wall just has a huge PewDiePie, (laughs) a huge Blade Runner PewDiePie reacting to just like whatever the, the thing that is driving it, like just... A guy like the idea that there's just a New York, but every building has a huge PewDiePie on <laughs> it, Christ. and they could all just be watching, just like oh, a bird slipped on a on a tried to land and sort of missed, and then that PewDiePie just goes, "Oh, <laughs> you see that?" Or like, so all of these giant figures are individually locally aware of everything. <laughs> like, oh, a guy almost gets uh, you know gets cut off when he's trying to walk across the crosswalk because yeah. a car drives by and he gets mad, and then that's fucking nice, <laughs> you know, just like, and you have no idea what they're responding to, but they're all. Just sort of detecting things the in their field of vision that are just, like, is, is like a, six city blocks like that totally they can see. Decentralized panopticon, and it could be anything from like huge scale to to the tiniest right. scale. Yeah, mm-hmm. God, that's yeah. Really but then good like if, if a building gets demolished because they're putting another one in, like every PewDiePie in a ten block range. Is like, <laughs> oh, did you see that? And Holy the PewDiePie shit. on the building, just, is, yeah, guys. <laughs> Yeah, but then they all just go sort of back to watching, you know, the just, right. just the guy who sort whatever. of steps in something and is slightly annoyed while yeah. continuing along his day. <laughs> <laughs> what is the business model of this? It's just how culture has changed, Chris. We 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 two different generations of of Americans don't understand. I mean, what's right, the what the youth are going to like? Right. Yeah, new I mean, this this are. new generation we we barely understand. So who knows what's going to happen next after digital PewDiePie holograms right. ascend right onto our literal structures? Right. Yeah, <laughs> and also PewDiePie as a millennial, I assume, is he he is like the elder statesman to this new generation. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? He's he's the older, wiser. This is, this is just the, sage. It, the Lincoln Memorial, just you know, re- replicated <laughs> across the land. You know, right. <laughs> it's just yeah, right, yeah. You know that a city. You know, I mean, New York, obviously one of you know the world's great cities. I mean, clearly, but you know that that your kind of smaller, mid-sized city has made it when it gets its first. Mm-hmm. 20-story PewDiePie. <laughs> right. You know, that's yeah. that's that's like a cathedral in an old, in, a, in the medieval It's like when your mall got an IMAX. Like, that's a big fucking deal if you have a mall big enough to have oh, an IMAX. Oh, I thought you said when your mom got an IMAX. No, when your mall gets <laughs> you know, one. It's like when your mom watches <laughs> Your Gen, mom got an IMAX? Gen Xer. What, your mom doesn't have an IMAX? Oh, your mall, which is also a Gen Xer bullshit thing. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're talking about the future, Chris, by which I mean PewDiePie, also definitely not the future. I mean, unless he gets a hologram of himself and puts it on every building. Right. The holograms run really slowly to sort of slow down his aging process. The hol- <laughs> what, they, they age? In- yeah, the holograms have really complicated aging algorithms of different stages of PewDiePie's Jesus, life. Jesus, that paints a d- terrifying future from like 200 years <laughs> from now. You just have I mean, eventually ancient the, PewDiePie's. Eventually the holograms. <laughs> the Ozymandias. The phrase, of- ancient PewDiePie's. <laughs> eventually the holograms. The holograms. That's what they're called. Oh, that's okay. what they're called. Uh, in, in my. The, uh, yeah, I read a. a yeah. You have those. to kiss when you're under them. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, whoa. It's a sacred. Hot. Nice one. Well, you want your holograms to be advanced enough that they sort of do understand complicated human emotions, and for that yeah. to happen, they have to live a full oh, I life. See, right. I see, I see, I yeah. see. So eventually, all the PewDiePie, our PewDiePie holograms are dying out. Yeah. What? 
<laughs> Why does he use his vast understanding of, of human emotion and wisdom and like exposure to many generations to still just flip out anytime anything kind of stupid? <laughs> That's happens? what the people love, Chris. It's <laughs> really tragic. He just he understands it all the more deeply. The yeah, more but he if you ages. go by the PewDiePie holograms at like three in the morning, you can see like a little tear because uh, he's been alive for like six generations and he knows how it all ends. But then you're like. You know, you you try to point it out, and he and then he just sort of like laughs at you and makes fun of you. Then goes, yeah, yeah. He just you know he quickly um, sort of gets right. His, back defa- his defenses are raised. Yeah, you his- by by pointing it out, you've in fact further radicalized that PewDiePie that's hologram. Right. That's right. Oh God, I hate this. Okay, sorry. Uh, why did I bring this back up? I again? don't know. I don't know why this ever came up. I all really right. like them all being sad, though. I think it's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the idea of like a 200 foot tall, really sad PewDiePie who lives forever and <laughs> watches our lives. It doesn't even have to be PewDiePie at that point. Just any symbol of this current time that somehow gets turned into a mm. fucking living hologram yeah. that then ages way past right. uh, mm-hmm. now. Unfortunately, as the only person who successfully undertook the process of digitalizing God, consciousness's life, it's going to be Martin Shkreli. Oh, yeah. Learn from my mistakes. <laughs> God, that would. That would be a way worse <laughs> dystopian society that we just have oh, like, pathetic screlies everywhere. <laughs> Remorseful screlies. <Yeah. laughs> I didn't mean it. <laughs> Martin Screlly created Martin Screlly. <laughs> he was just frozen in time at the time of his sentencing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. That's <laughs> oh, the moment. Yeah. In his, like, in his grief at his yeah. sentencing, that's the but moment. But then he... that's the one that has to then live through hundreds of years and, and just watch <laughs> and the world change. Judge us all. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well. Let's get back to that. What break. are we talking about? Nothing. Jesus. Nothing. Never. I'm sorry. We've replaced this podcast with something bad. We've replaced this, yeah. <laughs> Please replace us with holograms of George Clooney as fast as you can. <laughs> Please. We're back. I think we're back. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hey, welcome oh. back. We have an email from John. John says, <laughs> assuming it, I don't know why that's suggestive. John hmm, writes, assuming it does not contain any proper nouns, is there anything that could be written on a fortune cookie that would convince you to heed its advice. Do you think the fortune cookie manufacturers consider this? Do you think there are any like really earnest fortune fortune cookie authors who like consider this question on a regular basis? Maybe. I wonder if writing fortune like, cookie fortunes is like something that people who do it consider as an unheralded Yes, I think that is actually true. There's, there's. I think that there was an episode. Man, I think it was ninety nine percent invisible. Oh, really? That talked about Bay Area fortune cookie manufacturers, Mm, including mm -hmm. just like it's one that was seemed like it was a family business where the younger daughter of the family, her job was just to write the fortunes that go into Uh one of the like pretty big fortune cookie packers. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't think she actually took it all that seriously. Damn. Oh well, (laughs) it was a good try. I mean, this is interesting because it's sort of, um, it's sort of like a test of faith with this where like, you're like, I, I, you know, if I think like I would, I would believe a fortune cookie if it said duck and then I didn't and I got hit in the head, I'd be like, oh fuck, that fortune cookie did know. (laughs) Right. But But that's like, you know, the hand of God coming down and and saving you from an auto accident while while PewDiePie laughs at you. Uh, you know, like (laughs) you, you, the, just faith at least like the christian version of it of just like you have to believe that there is actually yeah. some authority to these mm-hmm. words right. written down yeah 
and that you know, but it's not you're not it's not going to be proven definitively, right? Uh, and I guess until you die right. and are judged. Well, yeah. I mean, what if the what if you open a fortune cookie and it just said you will die? I mean, you uh, would you would believe it would it. be correct. Yeah, you'd believe it. You will die, duck, and then you <laughs> and then you die. Like if you got if you if you read the fortune cookie and it said duck and then you got hit in the head, would you then like? Oh, you what would. Is that you would retroactively? I mean, that's that's a confirmed yeah, fortune, right? But then, but then what? I mean, then what? Then you are like, fuck, give me more of these. Like, do you then start like hoarding fortune cookies to like <laughs> and like breaking them all open and be like, shit, what do I do next? And then the next one is like, open another fortune cookie, and then you're like, well, shit, I'm doing that, and it said duck before and I didn't, and then I got hit, and now I'm like. Is there a way that well, a fortune cookie could, with just like a couple hits, like you know, on the, on the hit or like signal to noise ratio, just a little bit of signal mm-hmm. could turn you into like a complete disaster? Probably. I mean, I, th- I think. Well, but I mean, we're then isn't the notion of a fortune cookie though? The, the, like the cookie that is placed before you, that is your cookie. I feel like if you start hoarding uh, other cookies, those are those are fortunes line. for other. Yeah, I don't think you can jump that the makes, line. <laughs> that I mean, makes the a, one that is correct even more infuriating because you're like well shit i already fucking didn't follow the advice and now i now i can't right well now what i mean that really would actually be the most infuriating thing to become convinced that your fortune cookie contained incontrovertible wisdom and truth and then know that you can't get another one until it's ordained it seems so much more likely that a truthful fortune cookie would just lead you down a path of spiraling regret and depression than it would actually yeah, help you. Because you'd agree. be like, ah, fuck. Yeah. If, only, if only I had listened to the words of that fortune cookie. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, PewDiePie would... I mean, what if the fortune cookie said, heed the words on this fortune cookie unless... Or face a life of spiraling regret and depression? <laughs> <laughs> that's. <laughs> I mean, I think you're pretty much completely fucked if that's the fortune cookie you get. Yeah, because it doesn't actually tell you because to do what anything. Do you, yeah, what do you do? Like, <laughs> I'm heating. I'm. Am I heating it? I, I, I think uh, I'm heating it. I would believe that fortune cookie knew way too much about me. Yeah, <laughs> it was just by reading this one sentence, you'll spin into an existential crisis to the grave. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> God. Well, shit. <laughs> it got me. God. Fuck. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Did you see that? You read it. That's actually the perfect. God, that is the perfect thing for the the giant slow aging uh, building commentator to observe because your slow motion spiral into depression and regret would would be to their like slow consciousness that would happen in like a very quick amount oh, yeah. of time. So for mm-hmm. them, that's the equivalent of like slipping on a, a normal person, right. seeing someone else slip on a banana peel. And you know, eat shit. But also, then, except it's an entire human life. You you live that life because you read that fortune cookie, and it caused you to have this horrible spiral of awareness slash regret. When you die, you're just fading out like a Star Wars ghost, and then you're going to be on the billboard. <laughs> what? What? I don't follow this. At all. You'll have you'll 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 hit such a level of existential despair from this fortune cookie that when you <laughs> oh, die, oh, your soul is immortalized oh, up on that board, and then you're like, yeah. don't make right. my mistakes. But then <laughs> you. Made it, you, that's the, yeah, that's the first the thing that you say, and then you see someone else eat shit, and you're like, "Oh, did you see that?" <laughs> and it's like your mind sort of slowly goes, God, right? Well, or that is like the highest form of like consciousness is just everything is a right, like mm. all you, you have you have gained so much awareness about 
human existence and the cosmic uncaring universe. So you become universe. like the galaxy brain meme it's, where it's just like, just yes, enjoy it. The galaxy, exactly. Yes, you are the literal and figurative galaxy brain who just laughs at everyone eating shit day to day in their stupid, pointless human life while you while you cackle at them from the side of skyscrapers. When I read this email from John, a thing that I, or the, one of the things that came to mind for me was a tweet that I saw going around a bunch um, just in the last couple of days which said, fortune cookies are not fucking around in 2018. It's uh, posted by someone named David Ehrlich, Mm -hmm. and it's a photograph of a fortune cookie that just says, human rights, colon, know them, demand them, defend them. Whoa. Jesus. (laughs) Hardcore. I would start trusting fortune cookies. If it said that. I do. Now I do. (laughs) That was the one. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. That's the answer to the question. It doesn't contain any proper nouns, so it fulfills the requirement. Is there anything that could be written on the on a fortune cookie that would convince you to heed its advice? Fucking heed that advice. I mean, it's either you heed the advice of that fortune cookie or guaranteed you live in the world described in the preceding 40 minutes of this podcast. Yes. That is mm-hmm. that that that's this world of like uh, <clears throat> building consciousness mocking Shkreli's and PewDiePie's and like Chrome uh, obs- Clooney ob- exactly, robots and observing stuff. Just... the endless war between the NASA control center Hanks yeah I would say that I would say that fortune cookies the are, are the only messages we're getting from the resistance telling us how to survive this that's probably yeah. true you know why because they're entirely analog they're they're private like they're they're unfuckwithable <laughs> because you can't because they're wrapped inside of a cookie yeah you can't <laughs> and robots don't eat you can't tamper with the message on a fortune cookie. Once the fortune cookie has been sealed around the message, that's it. It's like a wax seal, but there's not even an equivalent to like resealing it. Mm. It is, it's the ultimate encryption. Um, so one, the message is you cannot like tamper with it. It also is, I'm gonna just go out on a limb here and say that it is probably produced with technology that is at a a level that is not part of the yeah, I don't global know how, I, I don't know how many how many new fortune network. cookie message printing presses are are tooled uh, these days and roll off the old factory right, line. Right. I'm guessing this is like what's the term for a laptop that has like no internet connection at all and it's like people um, people who do really secure work, you know, they have to use computers that have absolutely no in or out to the right. internet and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like Fortune, there's a term for that that I don't remember that I'm sure people will write in about, but fortune cookies are like that. Yeah, they're they're fully off the grid. They're produced in a a clean room, by which I mean meets FDA standards for a clean fortune cookie facility. Sterile food preparation facilities. Uh, The fortune cookies are like, if you were a time traveler and you wanted to like contact your, you know, self- or, or one of a millions who enjoy these fortune cookies. Right. That would be the perfect way to seed the message. I mean, I guess your message might just be you will spiral into a into an inevitable <laughs> lifetime. Be, of don't travel through time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> the best fortune that I ever received in a fortune cookie uh, said, maybe you will live on the moon in, or maybe you will live on moon in next century. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. What did you, okay, crucial question. Did you receive that? In this century or the previous one? I honestly can't remember at this point. Oh, I, damn. I had That's it up, pretty I, critical. I dude. had it up on my wall for so long that I forgot how long I've had it there. That's pretty critical because if you got it before you were age 20, that means you've got the moon in your future. There's a good chance but I got it. if you got it post age 20, it means your fucking Shkreli digit self there's is going to be living on the moon here's, here's, a long here's time a problem. from now. There's a very good chance I got it in the year 2000. 
Oh shit! Mm. So how pedantic was the author <laughs> yes. of that <laughs> of that fortune cookie? Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. How, how much we're not yet in the new century? Yeah. Was was is there the another author- fortune cookie out there that says Jesus was born in the year one? <laughs> 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 what um, a fucking mistake that was. Let's. What do you mean? That's just the dark calendar. It's such a piece of shit. Wait, was he? Oh, he wasn't born in the year zero. I mean, if he was born in zero, then two thousand would be the millennium, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. 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 I guess you're right. Weird. So, is there no year zero? How do I not know this? Does Jesus. not exist. Year zero does not exist. Yeah, year yes. Year zero does not exist. Year zero yeah. does not exist. It goes from wow one BC no to one BC. What? Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. I just think that the concept of zero in numbering was not really mm. there. Oh, really? Someone I guess just, I, someone yeah. just fucked it up. Wow. Yeah, that is strange. That actually, I mean, so obviously, so the, that's that's why two thousand of... is stupid. Computers care about it because the number is different, but like, right. That's not how the calendar works. Right. Huh. So maybe I will live on the moon this century. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep an eye out for that. <laughs> are we Are we waiting? I don't I just, no, let's see if it happens. <laughs> how long, how much hard drive space do we have on this computer? <laughs> uh, I'll be right back. If we're going to wait that long, I'm going to go get myself digitally scanned. And then, <laughs> and, then we, and then we can wait as long as we want because. All right. I'm going to get myself in a fresh cup of coffee. Um, should we endorse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good Lord. Um, okay, well, um, Nick, what do you got? What do you got to endorse? You got to endorse? Uh, whoop, whoop, have whoop. Endorsement? I'm going to endorse. Uh, uh, I'm endorsing a book Good. by... Um, a book. A book. That, that might be a first uh, for, this, for this... Perhaps. Fucking Philistine podcast. Yeah. Um, it's a book by somebody I think who's been mentioned on this podcast before um, by... Uh-huh. Uh, Oxford philosopher named Nick Bostrom, who... Uh, oh, he has been mentioned yeah, on this podcast yeah. ages ago, ages I think. Ages ago, yeah. He, yeah. Um, he His primary uh, focus is on um, machine learning and just artificial intelligence in general. And he wrote a book um, that he released, I think, about two years ago called um, uh, Super Intelligence Path, Dan- Paths, Dangers, and Strategies. And uh, I, I have read that book, and it is incredibly interesting. Um, it is, I wouldn't say it's an easy read. I wouldn't say it's a brisk read. Um, but I uh-huh. will say that um, it, it kind of, it does toe the line uh, between um, sort of being too uh, overly technical to follow as a layman, um, but also getting into kind of advanced concepts about machine learning to the extent that you could actually learn something about it, as opposed to just kind of having a general vague idea of what it is. Um, and he basically, you know, runs you through the sort of history of, of artificial intelligence, uh, and then gets into kind of like his theories on where it's going and like what we can do to not be a Clooney army. Uh, like where does he stand on, uh, mega Shkreli? Um, uh, unclear, unclear, Chris. Uh, yeah. I guess the jury's still out. <laughs> yeah, I mean his his over like his 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 essential. Uh, I mean, spoiler his his kind of uh, theory on thesis. all of this is that his thesis yeah. is well, his you know he basically he sees uh, you know this as a major problem. Um, obviously, as we've outlined in our podcast, and the, the, <laughs> as the, should be clear, yeah, from as, the last it hour. should be very obvious. Um, and his his kind of uh, idea about how to potentially maybe uh, avoid this problem is by um, 
instilling human values in AI before it can kind of just be its own alien thing. Um, and it's it's really interesting. It it uh, the problem with that is that human values fucking suck. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, <laughs> it's true. Like, but uh, it it is AI invents even more aggressive capitalism. It's out of control. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we instilled it with human values, yeah. so this shouldn't be a problem. Oh shit! Fuck. Oh god damn it! Yeah, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I New mean, super capitalism release. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it's 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 a really good book. I I would recommend it to people who like listen to our bullshit and like actually would want to know want the real version. Yeah. yeah. The real What's version, the name yeah. of the book again? It's called Super Intelligence Intelligence Paths Dangers Strategies, um, and it's on All Amazon. Right. Okay. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jake, have you formulated an endorsement, or should I give you <laughs> some more some more stalling time here? God. Yeah. I was. I was trying. <laughs> After all the Nickelodeon conversation earlier, I was uh-huh. trying to see if a book uh, that I owned as a child was still in print called How to Host a Double Dare Party. Oh, shit. Unfortunately, oh, wow. it's out of print wow. and I can't even find it on eBay. Anyway. Um, all right, Jake, I'll come back to you. Yeah. All right. I am going to endorse. This is sort of a multi-tiered endorsement, so I'm not exactly sure how to succinctly put it forward. But I think what I am basically endorsing is a particular breakfast Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, a few weeks ago, I um, I tentatively endorsed Marmite, the iconic British yeast sp- extract spread that is uh, loved and reviled in equal measure. Um, and I that the the sort of full weight of that endorsement was pending my eventual um, potential acceptance of Marmite into my own life, which I am pleased to report has fully occurred in the intervening weeks. I'm on my my third tub of Marmite. Gross, I, st- I stepped up gross. to a, stepped up to a bigger tub because the original one I ordered was a ti- little like three ounce thing and it does not last that long. So I'm a, I am a, a Marmite convert at this point. Can I, I, can really I ask you, enjoy, Chris, is, is Sarah yeah, into yeah. the Marmite? You know, she actually didn't try it at all. she completely avoided it mm. for weeks until two days ago when i prepared the breakfast i am about to describe mm. at which point she said oh this is actually this is actually pretty nice mm. on buttered toast and then she's like oh i'll try some from the jar and she like scooped out a little tiny bit from the jar and tasted it alone and said oh my god this is disgusting <laughs> <laughs> so okay um so the answer is yes and no <laughs> yeah. yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend the straight marmite i'm mm. not i have not leveled up to straight marmite I and see. it's not something that i anticipate very uh, strong in in the near future something it's pretty you need intense. to dilute yeah yeah, it is. It is an additive. It is not a primary ingredient. Right. For sure. Okay. Um, but for the full, for the full, uh, I would say, um, sort of affected Commonwealth experience, uh, I am going to recommend something that was suggested to me by our friend Spaff, himself an Englishman and longtime Idle Thumbs um, collaborator. Uh, you know, guy, friend, guy. Uh, he recommend so he recommended Marmite on buttered toast, cut into soldiers, which is a British term <laughs> for thin strips mm-hmm. of toast. You mm-hmm. sort of you toast the bread and then you spread the butter and marmite on, it, and then you cut the bread into thin strips, which you then use to dip into soft boiled eggs. 
So you soft boil <laughs> eggs and, and you do them so that the yolk is still perfectly runny and delicious, but the whites are fully cooked and nice and firm. And uh, I found a great method for that, actually, on I think maybe Cook's Illustrated, which is to um, to get your perfectly soft boiled eggs. You boil just half an inch of water in a pot, a small pot, and then you put the eggs in that little half inch of water. You set the timer for about six minutes. You cover it and you essentially are steaming the eggs mm. um, rather than fully immersing them in boiling water. And then you plunge them into ice water after the end so they stop cooking. Otherwise, they will actually just turn into basically hard-boiled eggs um, while you wait. Anyway, I went so far as to purchase egg cups. Here because we go. The Here fir- it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because the first time I prepared this meal, I realized it is essentially impossible mm-hmm. to fully enjoy soft-boiled eggs without egg cups. So the full breakfast I am recommending is soft-boiled eggs cooked with the method I I recommended, um, placed in egg cups, cracked with an amazing device that I know as an egg topper, but my British friends seem to refer to as an egg clacker, which is this totally bonkers, like... Soldiers and egg clackers. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's exactly what comes to mind when you hear the phrase egg clacker. <laughs> it's, a, some, it's, it's a long metal rod attached to a little dome that you position on top of the egg, and then there is a metal ring that you drop from the top of the rod, and the this ring, like, slams down onto the cup, and essentially cracks the egg in a perfect dia- diametrical ring, and then you can pry off the top of the eggshell on the cooked soft-boiled egg. What do British people call the little top of the egg that you take off? It's got to have the most wacky name Oh, I don't possibly. know. That's a good question. I should have researched that. Yeah. The helm. And then you... <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the no, no way. That is nowhere near as colloquial and cheeky <laughs> yeah, and true. also weirdly sort of yeah. like militaristic uh, but like it's too militaristic without also being really cheeky and dismissive right about it. yeah, yeah, that's true. yeah right. you're not quite there so anyway you you uncap the egg and then you 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 have the little uh egg spoon the set that i ordered from amazon came with four um egg cups an egg clacker and four little egg spoons uh, and it also came with something that is so fucking quaint i can't even handle it which is totally bonkers pair of scissors with a weird little hole in it and the sole purpose of this pair of scissors is to remove the top of a cooked quail egg and this very specific pair of shears that get once you see it you realize it can only be used for this purpose it has no other function uh was sold with pretty much all of the sets that i found which implies that Consuming quail eggs must just be a common enough practice uh, in homes that otherwise use egg clackers and egg cups that uh, maybe I should get into that, too. I can't believe that you have not done a social eating Twitch stream of of, uh, how you prepare all of this bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, well, that that might be a bridge too far. But it is a very nice breakfast. When you dip your your buttered and marmited soldiers into the, the nice, perfect egg yolk in your little egg cup... Uh, it is just a taste combination that must be experienced to be believed. So that is my complex, multi-layered endorsement. I'll link to all the stuff you need, the recipe for the eggs, everything, all that stuff in the description. Sorry for taking so long. No, Jake, okay. what do you got? I gave you a lot of time there. I want to endorse uh, an article 
and the MIT Technology Review that I think we've we've we all laughed about and never talked about on the show, and I don't think we ever will talk about it. Um, You're incorrect. Clearly. Well, we'll talk about it now. Uh, the the headline of this article is fantastic. It's about a startup. Uh-huh. Uh huh. A startup is pitching a mind uploading service that is quote one hundred percent fatal. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> a lot of people emailed this to us. Yeah. I totally forgot about this. Yeah. God, why didn't we talk about? this? I don't know. The, the, it's disgusting. Yeah. It's a company called Nectome, N-E-C-T-O-M-E. Wow. And it's a startup that is part of the Y Combinator Accelerator, which is crazy. Y Combinator was like an early investor in Dropbox and like a ton of like, yeah, like really- interesting and shit. Yeah, I, mean, like, I don't know if it was actually Pinterest, but that kind of thing. Yeah, they, they're yeah. like one of the firms that is sort of historically incubated and then funded a lot of real yeah, big deals. Yeah, most like classic online yeah. tech service Yeah, and things. also- uh, <laughs> A one hundred percent fatal yeah. brain uploader. Yes, yeah. Brain clacker. <laughs> God, it's just it's yeah. just out of control. Yeah, it's a preserve your brain and upload it company. Its chemical solution can keep a body intact for hundreds of years, maybe thousands, but you're gonna die. You get embalmed, and your brain is just uploaded. Their website says, "What if we told you we could back up your mind?" It's not a backup. It is your actual it's mind. It's your mind. Like, yeah. sorry, a backup yep. is a copy that I mean, you keep around. This solves the Screlly problem. Remember last week when we were talking about how, or what, two weeks ago, I guess, I don't remember, when we were talking about how Screlly can, can't really escape death because when he uploads his brain to the cloud, the actual mm-hmm. real Screlly still dies. This totally gets around that problem. It just kills you. Yeah, you just you murder Screlly, then I put his brain in a jar. I couldn't believe this was real, and I still kind of don't, except that it seems like someone... I so- don't think a firm like Y Combinator would... As a joke, like right, but the fact that they did it for real is way more damning. I'm not saying it's it isn't fucked up. I'm just saying I think it's real. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not saying I think it's good. Anyway, read the article. Uh, that said, if if it sounds like it's too gross for you to read, totally don't read it. The first picture is just a fucking oh, no. gross brain. Oh no, I didn't see that. We can refer to my previous discussions of my encounters with a brain on a tray in the show notes right cross reference yep. things I do not endorse yep. being in the same room as a brain on a tray unless you're a medical student yep any internet service that calls itself 100% fatal also not endorsed I don't endorse that I endorse yep. reading about it because it's yep. really really hilarious and sad <laughs> yep that's all alright well there you go there's all of our that is a particularly um, strange or well, not strange but sort of ping ponging set of endorsements this week um, well thank you for joining us on important if true um if you like this podcast, it means so much to us when you recommend it to your friends or people you know or anyone else. I do genuinely think there has been an uptick in recommendations recently, and it is super exciting. Um, we see those on Twitter sometimes, and it's the best. It is so uh, heartwarming and life-affirming. Uh, so thank you for everyone who's done that. And... If uh, if you need to direct someone to subscribe to this podcast, or if you yourself would like to subscribe, you can go to importantiftrue.com, and there all of the information you seek is waiting for you to uncover it. If you have any questions, quandaries, you need our advice, you need us to solve a problem for you, please send that in to questions at importantiftrue.com, and we will do our best. For an ad-free version, head over to patreon.com slash idlethumbs, and uh, you'll you will discover how to achieve that. <laughs> and that's it. That is all we got for this week's important if true. It's been fun. And so for idle thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I am Jake Rodkin. Stay spicy until the end of time. Mm-hmm.
the new sign-off forever. <laughs> stay spicy forever. <laughs> <laughs> what if I told you you could stay spicy forever? <laughs> it's 100% fatal, but you'll always be spicy.